SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Friday, August 7th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, as always, live and direct, Kevin Walsh, where we and we put the fun and functional sports content together here every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Kevin, as the NBA restart rolls on, we're starting to learn a little bit here, okay? Some teams, I think, we're starting to realize are impressing. You know, some teams are kind of uh, defecating the mattress, and that is becoming clear. And I want to start with an injury and with it tightening up in the West, specifically in the bottom of the West. But we need to start with Philadelphia 76ers guard, guard forward, do it all kind of guy, Ben Simmons, who left that game uh pre the last game for the Sixers, you know, and we thought he would be okay limping down the tunnel. But it seems now, Kev, you know, subluxation, I hear that he's out indefinitely and like trying to figure out what his treatment options are. When I hear someone trying to figure out what their treatment options are, that means a little bit more than a day or two in my mind. How do you read this and what would be the impact on these Philadelphia 76ers if they lost Ben for any such time? Yeah, look, this would be very, very damaging for this team to lose Simmons. One of the, the reasons why I think some people were starting to buy into this team coming into the restart was, you know, they might have missed Ben in the actual uh, playoffs, or at least the close of the regular season, uh, had we not had a break due to his back injury. So right. now for this to happen, look, how could it be anything other than a massive blow for a team's second best player? Um, most people would agree he's their second best player uh, to be absent. I think the, the most damaging thing about this, to, to be honest, though, Dane, is this then could set the Sixers up to, say, lose in the first round and not feel ah. an obligation to change things. That's the worry. For me, this is a team that has continually underachieved almost at every game. Yeah. And the first two performances that they offered in the bubble were nothing short of disgraceful to, to not show up even remotely on the defensive side of the basketball. And now you kind of have another excuse that you can kind of, ah, well, we didn't have Ben. So I, right. that is very, very... Um, disheartening to see though because you want to see ben simmons be okay but if one of the options on the table is seizing ending surgery i mean it just he probably shouldn't play and to be fair no medical staff you trust less than the sixers to get this thing right so all in all very concerning stuff 
You know, what's interesting, you know, we look at the near term, what the Sixers are in the Eastern Conference, in this restart, their potential right now. But I think you are right, Kev, to zoom out on this a little bit. You know, another point that needs to be made, you know, Kevin, in normal circumstances, if you have an injury that requires surgery with like five games left in the regular season, you get it done right away to be ready for the start of next season. But guess what? As we've discussed, the start of next season, Kevin, the NBA is like weeks after the playoffs are done. So if the man has surgery now, isn't the beginning of next season already in jeopardy for him because it's only a few months away? And if we zoom out even further, Right As we welcome in our radio audience around the country here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, as usual, making it happen here. You know, there have been plenty of reports from outside of that locker room, now even from inside of that locker room, around the chemistry of the Sixers. And it was always thought, could Embiid and Simmons together, as the Batman and Robin, as the one and two for a team, be the right mix to actually take a team to the promised land? My question for you, Kev, is if this is a big injury and it does require surgery and it's going to compromise him a little bit for months, is it an opportunity to continue to trust the process? They can't tank. They're not that bad. They don't no, not tank. Them. What I mean is like make their decision on Embiid and Simmons because there's always been a thought that they may need to move one of right. them if they don't fit together. That's what I mean. But, Not tank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. make the decision to actually, you know, flip Ben for something. But the problem, so, but now they have two problems. One, the, the, with the way the season has gone, it was like, all right, whatever. We'll figure it out in the playoffs because you guys have completely bottled the entire regular season. Let's see. And the way things, like, they might get matched up with the Celtics, which has always been a matchup that gave them a pretty good chance because they have right. absolutely no answer for Joel Embiid. On that team, but if they now get bounced, yeah, they traded one, the answer back to Philadelphia. His name was Al Horford, right? But that's the thing. So now, if they get bounced in round one, it's hard not to be like, well, okay, well, Ben Simmons wasn't there, and it's doubly hard to try and get appropriate value, assuming Ben's the guy that they would want to trade. Maybe it's Embiid, but I don't know if that's the case. But let's just say the guy they wanted to trade was Ben Simmons. It's hard to get appropriate value if he's just going to have season-ending surgery, and now right. injuries have kind of been an issue there for him. And then if you trade yeah. Joel Embiid, well, that's a massive risk that you're now going to push all the chips forward in on Ben Simmons while he's having mm. knee surgery. Like this is now complicated everything for this team. Yeah, it absolutely has. However, they stand still as four and a half point favorites against the Orlando Magic today. We'll talk about that game, what Kevin thinks in the short term. And then, like I said, the bottom of the Western Conference is getting very, very tight. We'll talk about those games that impact that today. We'll see how Kevin sees that breaking out and all the action and the association to that today. We got a packed show. Come on back from all the news and notes you need right here on The Early Line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, by my side, as usual. Kev, all right, so we know that Ben Simmons is going to seek, you know, additional opinions, considering his different options. I'm going to tell you what, whatever that is means that he probably ain't playing for a while. So he will not be there for Philly as they take on the Orlando Magic today in the restart. That is at 6.40 p.m., Eastern time, a little bit earlier here on the West Coast, obviously. Four and a half points is the spread still, though. So even without Simmons, the book seems to think that the Sixers can get it done against a Magic team that has started to struggle a little bit, losers of their last two. How do you see this one, Kev? Yeah, I I still expect, though, Philly to be able to bounce back in this spot, although that is a dangerous proposition. They are 0-3 ATS so far in the restart. Four and a half, though, it feels like a, I think, a doable number. Don't you feel like this number, because Ben Simmons is not worth five points to a spread. Don't you feel like the Sixers could be double-digit favorites here, though, if they were fully healthy? They just seemingly always are in this spot, and you go, oh, I can't believe I'm going to lay this kind of number again. Uh, But that's just where they always seem to drag you. I expect, though, a big performance from Joel Embiid. His points total is 27 and a half. It does feel like uh, a game where he could certainly go for 30. I, I tell you, though, every single time a Sixers game pops up on this slate, I go, yeah, kind of like him, and this is going to come back to bite me. And thus far, it's been the case in all three of these games where unless you you know, you know were rolling money line in two of them, they've not covered yet in the bubble. I think this might be the first time they do. Yeah, and I remember a conversation you and Gabe talking about can Philly win outside of Philadelphia you know, and I guess these neutral court games, I don't know if that home court advantage actually works out for Philadelphia in that way, but they mm. definitely are a team that kind of gets you up and then has let you down in the past. Kev, I mentioned it at the top of the show, the Western Conference, specifically the back of the Western Conference is getting very, very tight as we reset that real quick right now. You know, we got Memphis who hasn't looked good. Losers of five in a row, Kev. They are still hanging on by the skin of their chinny chin chin to the eight seed right now. The Trailblazers with a big win last night, Damian Lillard going off. It was Dame time last night for 45 points. They are now only half a game back of Memphis. If the season ended right now, it would be triggered with them to have the play in game. Phoenix is right there, a game and a half of Portland. San Antonio is right there. Sacramento is right there. New Orleans is right there in a a half a game back of that. So it is going to be very, very tight. And so I want to look at some of those games that involve these teams now. We start with Utah and San Antonio. Okay, San Mm -hmm. Antonio is an eight and a half point favorite against Utah at first glance. You'd be like, wait a second. How is that possible? Utah comfortably in the playoff position in the West San Antonio still scrapping. But you mentioned that Utah will be extremely shorthanded in this one. Four of their five starters, it looks like, are going to miss this one, Kev. Yeah, they've already ruled out. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and Royce O'Neal making it, as you've mentioned, four of their five starters will not be available for this game. That's how you see the San Antonio Spurs now as eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Puts a big onus on Jordan Clarkson, who has a point total of 23-and-a-half. Puts a big onus on Joe Ingles, 
who has a point total, though, that does feel uh, suspiciously low of 14 and a half. Mm. Last game out, he scored 25 points with all of those other four guys in action. Um, that's one of those numbers that, uh, you know, maybe he plays limited minutes, but the 14 and a half for Joe Ingles feels like a great opportunity. I will tell you, though, Dane, this is a tricky game to try and get right because we've seen this now through, you know, throughout our bubble experience. We have seen teams step up in the absence uh, uh, with, you know, with key guys star. missing, right? Yeah. Like we've seen the Heat do this without Jimmy Butler. By the way, them, right. now, them not covering that game yesterday, an awful beat for those that took the nine points. Uh, a very, very tough pill to swallow that must have been. But for some, you know, can Jordan Clarkson go out there and have a wild one? I think it's certainly possible. Is it to the point where, you know, it's just covering eight and a half? The thing is, we're not just talking about no Donovan Mitchell or no Rudy Gobert. We're talking about it's four of five right. starters. But I also, you know, we did see the Bucks that was the Nets. down at the half <laughs> right. against the Nets, right? And that's, right. you know, that's going to be a game that now will stick in the mind, I'm sure, for a lot sure. of people. We don't have a total here yet, but I don't see how this is anything other than an overplay. Without Rudy Gobert there, you know, there's going to be really nobody to protect the paint right. for the Jazz. The Spurs have been getting up and down uh, and playing a lot of you know, run-and-gun style. This yeah. total is probably somewhere in the 230s. Uh, if it's anything lower than that, I'd look to play this game over and expect a, a high-scoring affair to get your day started. Yeah, absolutely. And remember, the Spurs need this. They are packed in there at the top of the West. Maybe the Jazz are almost giving them a win, losing the battle for the Jazz to win the war. Another team at the bottom of the Western Conference that still has a lot to play for. And Kev, another game where there is no total posted yet. And I don't know how high they're going to hang this one. Okay, I'm talking about the Sacramento Kings and the Brooklyn Nets. Sacramento, it's a second of a back-to-back for them, but they are coming off a huge effort Yesterday, where they got 140 points by their damn selves against the New Orleans Pelicans. They take on the Nets, who are coming off that big-time win against the Bucks. They're feeling themselves. There's no total posted just yet, but the Kings see themselves as four-point favorites for this game in the bubble today. Well, here's the thing with the Nets, right? Now, they did play a game after that game against the Bucks, and what they proceeded to do right. was give a buck 49 to the Boston Celtics. Wow. So you got a team that's left performance out. Right, I mean, it's going to be hard to want to play this any way other than the over. What interests me is how much do the Sacramento Kings believe that they are live? Because you have the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Suns, the Spurs, all sitting above them in the standings. But they're only two games back of Portland. Portland's next game is against the Clippers, okay? So that very well means that you might be able to make up a significant amount of ground by just beating the Brooklyn Nets. And you get in, you know, you can get yourself involved in the mix. I know it was a rough start for the Kings, but that's that kind of performance. They just probably needed to see themselves break through once. It was a very nice win for them against the Pelicans. We'll talk about that from the Pelicans' perspective, but I like Sacramento here. I I understand that, you know, the Nets should want to put forth a better effort, but I think four points is manageable. I, I intend on backing the Kings in this spot. Okay, fair enough. I got to ask you something, and this is a great test of, like, public perception, right? 
You're saying, I wonder if the Kings still view themselves as live. Well, Mm -hmm. they're at 29 and 39, right? They are two games back of Portland for that play-in spot. Kev, the New Orleans Pelicans are the same exact record, the same exact distance away from the play-in, but the public Mm -hmm. loves New Orleans, right? Everyone wants to see what this team can do, B.I., Holiday, and, of course, Zion Williamson. They, however, have the same chance right now at this point as a team like the Sacramento Kings, right? They have a matchup today as well. New Orleans, however, is six and a half point favorites against the Washington Wizards. For me, it's not if New Orleans can win this game, but how do you treat Zion if you're starting to fade back in the standings? There's no reason to push the short bursts of Mr. Williamson, right? Well, this is the thing, right? So the, the the love for the Pelicans, though, was before they proceeded to give up 140 points with potentially their playoff lives on the line. The mm. thing is, though, they do sit that same two games back. And now I'm not assuming that, look, the Blazers can beat the Clippers. You know, the Clippers have been hot and cold in this restart. I'm not saying that that's a guarantee. But the, fa- the Pelicans are playing the Wizards. You'd expect them to be able to win that game. You're now just one game back of the ninth seed. You could still argue that it's all to play for. But this is the thing with the Pelicans now, Dane. They sit last of the teams that were invited to the bubble in the West. They sit last in that spot. That's the frustrating thing from this team. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about this a little bit more. Continuing to look at the NBA slate, including Memphis, sinking like a stone. We will do that when we come back. But first, got to get caught up in all the news and notes. Here's an update. From our guys at SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody. As we are back on the early line, we also want to welcome in our radio audience from around the country here on Sports Grid, Dane Martinez. And, of course, Kevin Walsh giving you the edge as we put the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning. Now, Kev, I want to ask you again, Pelicans, Wizards, I know the Pelicans are still big favorites. I know they are kind of, you know, slip sliding away a little bit. There's so many teams in the back of the West. What I've noticed, though, as it relates to Zion, these short bursts, does he feel great? Is he playing more? I noticed that our partners over on the FanDuel Sportsbook, though, have, there are no props related to Zion Williamson just yet. Mm. Do you think that could be because of that uncertainty? Not of his availability, but how they're going to ultimately use him? Yeah, look, I got to give FanDuel I mean, the fact, uh, <laughs> if I ran a sportsbook, you probably would never be have, you would never have Zion props available to you. Okay, because um, I just how are you supposed to know what's going to happen? But I want to ask something here, and I don't want to you know belabor this point. There's a ton of stuff that we have to get to. But Alvin Gentry, okay, yeah, this team's playoff lives on the line. One forty to Sacramento Kings. That's unacceptable in every sense right. of the word. That is unacceptable. This team right now, had they won yesterday, would be sitting in the ten spot with just Portland in front of them, knowing that Memphis still is likely to fall back. And instead, they now sit 13th in the West because they gave up one for. And by the way, the Kings barely played in that fourth quarter. They didn't even score 25 points in that fourth quarter. Could easily been once easily been 160 if the Kings needed to put any more pressure on that team right. in the fourth quarter. I think they get the job done today. 
Okay. I think today's actually one of the rare days. Moneyline parlays in the NBA look pretty nice today. Round robins, if you will. I think there's a lot of opportunity in that in that way, Dan. Okay. I really I that's just how I'm seeing it right now. Feels like a baseball kind of day. And I think that the Pelicans are a part of that puzzle. But 140 with your playoff lives on the line, I have questions. I have major questions. How are these guys not focused for this game? How is that possible? Well, I, you know, I think you raise a good question, but I would answer back. I don't know that the Pelicans are alone in this, Kev. It seems like I'm seeing 130s, 140s a lot in sure. the bubble. Okay? It seems like, you know, it's like playing defense is the damn virus that's in the bubble right now, and nobody wants to catch it. Okay? I'm just see. I don't know. I, I think it's a good point, right? With everything on the line, how are they not bearing down, you know, like a good old dookie and, like, pounding the floor? Um, while, while the other team is coming across the timeline, I understand that. But all I would say is it doesn't seem like they are alone in the bubble. It does not seem, it looks like the first three quarters of an all-star game with a lot of this, with the uh, kind of up and down pace that we are seeing from a lot of teams. So not to excuse new Orleans, but it just seems like that's like the way things are going down in the bubble. Kev. Yeah, but you know what? I look at the Raptors, and it does almost feel to me that the option is that, that is you want yeah, well, the, now the Raptors, yes. right? No, no, but seriously, like, and listen, comparing the Raptors defensively to the New Orleans Pelicans, I understand is is not fair. But also, we look at Brandon Ingram's length. We look at what Lonzo Ball was defensively oh, yeah. for a lot of that time in L.A. And Zion Williamson is supposed to be a tremendous defensive player. Drew Holiday, right. like, is Drew Holiday not supposed to be a two-way guard? So I yeah. that's again. And it's with a Kings team. Now, maybe the Kings were just due for massive regression, right? Bogdanovich was, I think, one of 15 in that game against the Mavericks and then started like 9 of 11 against the Pelicans. And there's only so much you can do sometimes when a guy has it rolling in that way. But you just you didn't see that level of fight, that level of dog. And that bothers me because it does, though, seem, from what we've seen with the ref, if you choose to go out there and just put the defensive pressure on a team. And I do feel like that ceiling is there. They, they are coming off of the game where they had held the Grizzlies to 99 points. So that was a very frustrating thing for me to see from the Pelicans. All right, so let's see if there's any defense played in our next matchup where we have these Memphis Grizzlies who are sinking right now. They have lost five in a row. Um, you know, going back, they have not won in the bubble just yet. You know, John Morant over there talking about how it was unfair with them as the eight seed to maybe have to succumb to this playoff or play-in matchup. They may not even qualify for the play-in yeah. matchup because there are so many teams in the West. We've been talking about it all hour, right? From San Antonio to Phoenix to Portland that are snipping the, at their heels. But um, we will see if they can kind of turn it around. They are not favored to do so today, Kev. The Memphis Grizzlies will play OKC, and it is the Thunder that are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Memphis, remember, they've also lost Jackson, which is, you know, a big blow. I believe he was averaging around 17 points a game for them. Is this just getting away from Memphis, or is this some kind of last stand that they can make today against the Thunder? So, look, let me ask you this, okay? For the ask Thunder me. and the Blazers, would you say that they are of a similar power rating? Would you have one drastically over the other? Maybe at this point right now, like yeah, not yeah. looking at standing. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like the Blazers have put themselves to where they're of a, of a similar form yes. right now. With the, That's fine by me. Yes. Okay. The Grizzlies and the depleted nuggets for you. 
Still a pretty good guy there, no? Yes. Because I don't understand how yesterday the Blazers were laying four to that Denver team, and we show up here today, and this Thunder is now laying four and a half to Memphis. This number right. does, again, and we saw a couple of suspicious numbers yesterday, right? And if you kind of were like, ah, you know what, I'll go against them, you lost. And that's, and that's sometimes how it does go in the NBA. But this four and a half here, this is, if I'm not mistaken, what the Thunder were favored against the Nuggets when these two teams met up. Now, I don't know if the Thunder are missing any players. I've checked once, I've checked twice, I've checked three times. Okay? Terrence Ferguson and Mike Muscala are out for this game. That is not... That is not, not what moves the number, right? A point spread. Okay? Now, if Chris Paul's a late scratch, and, or, okay, that would be the, a case of the book knowing more. Maybe Dennis Schroeder's absence is moving Thunder lines okay. more than we realize, but Dennis Schroeder's been out for a little bit here. This is a number that catches me off guard because it mm. feels as if the Thunder should be bigger favorites than they are. I hear you, especially with the way Memphis has played, especially now that they, they are without Jackson, right? Like that is a real difference as well, um, you know, hurting them. I, I, I'm with you. I would lay the points and take the Oklahoma City Thunder. As you mentioned, though, Kev, this is the early line. We are very early in the day. Sure. So make sure to keep your eye on any of the reports coming out of the Thunder from inside of the bubble to see if we can understand any more rationale behind this number. There's one last game, Kev, in the NBA, and I think it is a big one. All right. We've been talking about these teams in the East. If we think Milwaukee can be had, if we have Indiana falling off, if Philly is now without uh, ben Simmons, we come on back to these teams that we have been talking about in the East, and two of them get going today. Outside of Miami, who we know a lot of people may not want to play, maybe uh, we thought potentially had Milwaukee's number, although that wasn't the case in their matchup. The other two teams in the East that a lot of people are looking at are the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, and those teams face off against each other tonight. The spread in this game is three, but Kev, that's not what I want to ask you about. I want to ask you about this total at 218 and a half. It is the lowest one on the board so far, mm -hmm. right and early in the morning. But as we have said, the option is there to play defense in the bubble, and the Toronto Raptors are fully taking advantage of it. It seems like their intensity is just on another level, but this is a big-time game in the Eastern Conference, Kev. If you think about Indiana and now Philly falling by the wayside, this 2-3-4 kind of area in the East is going to be big, and that's where Toronto, Boston, and Miami all sit. Yeah, and it, right now it does look, though, that the top of this uh, conference is going to stay unchanged. The Bucks officially clinched yes. one seed. The Celtics, I do not believe, can catch the Raptors being four and a half back now. Uh, and that and the Heat losing to the Bucks, right. or yes, to the Bucks yesterday, probably now means they would not be able to catch the Boston Celtics. So right. you're now looking at what should be the 2-3 matchup. And you, right at the way things have been, you'd expect both these teams to be there. Classic case of what we were talking about yesterday. How much do you want to show your cards type of thing? Right, right. The Celtics are not a team, though, that I feel comfortable expecting not to show up. And boy, would it be silly to expect the Raptors to not to show up <laughs> with the way that they have started this restart. Admittedly, though, the total of 218 and a half 
for what is still are two good offensive teams. It begs the question, Dane, do we expect playoff intensity in this game? And, you know, well, the I Raptors can't... are going to bring it, right? The Raptors will bring their energy, right? But they don't need to, okay? Like, they don't they haven't need needed to. to at all. They haven't needed too much in the bubble. Remember, they started sure. six games back in Milwaukee. They started with a cushion on the three seed. They, they, they never did. And that's what we thought about them at the beginning, right? That despite mm-hmm. them needing to, they bring their championship pedigree, their intensity, their defense as a yeah. calling card. So I think it would be a fool's errand to think that you would get anything but the best out of this Nick Nurse squad. I agree. And I'm not comfortable assuming, assuming that, that. But I also can't, like, it is comparable to what happened here, I feel like, somewhat with the Lakers, right? Where I was like, this doesn't make any sense that LeBron's playing. I mean, I was literally, we, we had moved on to baseball during commercial breaks. I'm like, Dane, can you please explain to me why LeBron's playing in this game? Yeah. Like, I was chewing your ear off about it. And then, LeBron didn't play didn't. in the game. Despite there the fact are. that Frank Vogel had said he was going to, right? Like, that's what kind of came. It do, like, the Raptors putting... You're going to hear late? This, like, you think we're going to hear six hours from now? That, like, not Frank about, is resting? It's not a, and, and and look, I you know, as far as resting guys, maybe you may, look, I'm not sure that's what they what these teams do here. All I'm saying is the Raptors, you do somewhat run the risk of burning yourselves out if you p- approach every single one of these eight games with playoff intensity. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're gonna be the most ready that any team will be when the playoffs come around. Tough game here, but I might just play the over and hope two good offenses have their scoring shoes on. Oh, look at you going fading the public a little bit. I think a lot of people are going to be on this under, but Kevin says zig when everyone else zags. We turn our attention to Major League Baseball when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, as well as we put the fun and functional sports content every weekday morning, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Kev, we turn our attention to Major League Baseball, and there's really only one place we can possibly start in Major League Baseball, and it is the 5-1 and one uh, six and one Miami Marlins, right? Who just came off a four game sweep of the Baltimore Orioles. And you're like, ah, yeah, anybody can sweep. Anybody can sweep Baltimore. But this morning, as we all wake up in the NL East, the Marlins at six and one. And remember, we're going to have to talk winning percentage, right? At some point, if not everybody plays the same amount of games when we're talking about it, well, with an eight. 57 winning percentage, Kev. The Miami mm-hmm. Marlins have the best winning percentage uh, in all of baseball. Okay? With 6-1, and one, they are the best record in baseball. Not a sentence I thought I would say a couple weeks into the baseball season. And, Kev, right now, over the weekend, they start a series with the New York Mets, who are in last place in that division. 
do the Marlins keep the happy times rolling? So a while back, um, and I'm a while back, you and I were joined by George Kurtz on this show, right? And he yeah. called it the COVID corral and said none of yeah. it matters, right? And I remember at the time being like, ah, oh, come on, like this, like this, this still matters. Everyone's under the same sort. It's as if Major League Baseball is like, listen, we need to get this straight right out of the gate. This is all ridiculous. And the Marlins being mm-hmm. six and one, with all due respect is ridiculous and look being up on baltimore is great still like the marlins being able to sweep anybody is preposterous and that's exactly what they've done here it just you start to wonder though at what point are we looking at these lines and are like wait are they giving are they giving the 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 marlins juice right now like like it's it's one of those crazy things to try and figure out what I really appreciate, though, about this start, Dane, is that remember how we were kind of like, ah, they probably won't have to play those back-end Marlins games because it won't matter, right? Like, yeah. no, they're going to have to figure out how to get this team to 60 games. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's true. Rob Manfred's because not going to do. Right. Their games will, in fact, matter. And I did a little bit of advanced looking at the schedule. The last series scheduled of the year for the Marlins is the New York Yankees. Okay, and for a three-game set. And so those games may matter for both teams, which become, like you said, completely ridiculous. We stay in the NL East. And by the way, Kevin, this weekend, okay, mm-hmm. 28 of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball are facing another team from inside their division. It is all division matchups. It looks like week 17 of the NFL season. All right, so a lot of differences are going to happen in the division standings, okay? So let's stay in the NL East where Atlanta plays Philadelphia this weekend, all right? And that's very interesting because the Phillies are another team, right? They've only played seven games so far, going up against Mm -hmm. the nine and five Braves who have played 14. One team has played 14 games. One team has played seven so far. So it's a little bit ridiculous. Again, you know, when you're trying to compare the rest disparity, that's going to be the case across Major League Baseball all season long. It is very interesting, especially in the NL East. But in this matchup, all right, what we have is pretty much, listen, it's a pick em. It's literally minus 1-8 on both sides, right on the hill for the Braves. Vinny Velasquez on the hill for the Phillies. I want to make the point, Nick Markakis went yard for the Braves Last Mm. night, interesting, he's decided to opt back into the season and goes yard right away. Braves-Phillies, pretty much a toss-up this weekend, but big in the kind of very crazy standings of the NL East. How do you see this one? Yeah, shout-out Nick Markakis. What a ridiculous, his first full game, like, hits a walk-off home run. Like, you you can't ask for more than that. I think this is a spot where the Phillies got to get this thing going, if they are going to get this thing going. And you take your chances with Velasquez against Wright. I think the pick him here, though, is still fair. But I'm ready to back the Phillies. I, I, look, I think they did well for themselves in, in that set against the Yankees, all things considered. You lose the first one at Yankee Stadium to Garrett Cole, your first game in you know, over a week. Okay, no problem. You split a doubleheader. That's it. That'll get it about right. And, and then, look, you, you win uh yesterday's game and and that's the job done now all those games were close by the way the yankees did put a little bit of pressure uh on that team undoubtedly but they got to be feeling okay about themselves now one two of their last three this is a big spot here against the braves you want to put some pressure on that team i think i like the phillies today at the pick and price 
All right, fair enough. Remember, the Braves are still dealing with the fact that their ace has gone down, so he will not be on the Hill anytime soon. As I mentioned, it'll be right go towing the slab for the Atlanta Braves. I mentioned that all games in the Major League Baseball this weekend are division rivals. There is only one series that is an exception, and it does involve these teams from the East, where Washington will host the Baltimore Orioles. Remember, the Orioles have just gotten swept by the Marlins, okay? And, you know, going to Washington, Battle of the Beltway, not a difference. They're going to be dogs in all of these games as well. Washington will put Annabelle Sanchez on the hill. They are minus 184. And this weekend, we should see, finally, Juan Soto in action for the defending champs. Now, that's exciting, okay? That is something that I am looking forward to, actually seeing Juan Soto out there. Uh, playing games and and putting it on, hopefully, uh, and playing well. But I don't, mm. I still don't really know what to think of of this Nats team. Uh, you know, they this is a team that has also kind of been hit with absences um, due to the you know the Marlins scheduling and, and what have you. Here, this is a big spot for them though. Like they've got to be able to go out there and pour it on Baltimore. They just do. You right. do always wonder, you know, when can Baltimore be due for a win? Is it here? Is it not? It's hard to want to back anything other than the Nats in this spot. But do you not always have that bit of it? Like, we saw it play out yesterday in Royals-Cubs, right? Yep. Both teams and entering on Right. We saw, you know, both teams entering on, on six streaks, six-game win streak for the yep. Cubs, six-game yep. losing streak for the Royals. The, the Royals absolutely clobbered them. You just yep. wonder, like, in this little three-game set here, is there one game that the Orioles are due? Or... Is the second place team right now in the AL East, by the way, kind of about to go on one of those runs that puts them where people thought they would be? Uh, I think it is the latter. Okay, I think it is the latter. And But what is crazy, Kev, is how we could just talk about how the Orioles just got swept in a four-game set, standing at five and seven. And as you mentioned, they are still the second place team in the AL East. You know, that's another point that I make. Remember, we've talked about the Central and how in the Central, the path to the playoffs may be easier because they are playing the softer schedule. Look, that plays out here, right? In the AL East, to your point, the Orioles are second place, two games under 500. Meanwhile, what we have is three teams above 500 in the AL Central. Let's go there now, Kev, but at the top of that division is the Minnesota Twins. They also were streaking, crushing it. We thought they were getting healthy against, I believe it was the Pirates they had in their last series. But the Pirates kind of get a comeback win on them yesterday. The Twins, though, continue to get healthy. We think they see the Kansas City Royals, who despite what happened yesterday against the Cubs, they are not playing very well an opportunity for these minnesota twins to continue to have that strong offense to continue to roll to continue to be the leaders in the al central what do you think about this twins royals game is this one where you think that smelts are on the hill for the twins will shut down these bats and keep the twins kind of you know they are hot, even though they did lose yesterday. They need to keep that working margin in the central. You think they get it done against KC this weekend? So, look, everybody has their betting style. Everybody has their <laughs> angles, their narratives, whatever it is that they buy into. Something that I've, I've you know, noticed about myself, certainly with this baseball season, is this is a very typical Kevin Walsh spot. A very good Twins team loses to a 
very bad Pirates team. And the next game, they play a very bad Royals team that just won against a very good Cubs team. Excellent. The Twins got a loss out of their system. The Royals got a win out of their system. Minus 160. No problem here. Even laying one and a half at minus 108. I like the Twins in this spot. They will certainly be uh, a team that I'm backing today. All right. No, that that makes sense to me, right? If anything, um, the fact that the Twins lost may give you an opportunity to get back on them maybe at some value. And honestly, minus 160 isn't that bad. We've seen the Twins start to approach minus two bills. I mentioned the AL Central because I mentioned these multiple teams above 500 and how they're going to get healthy off the bottom feeders, right? It could be very top heavy in these central divisions. And the Indians and White Sox are those two teams, right? We know the second place team in this division is going to qualify for the playoffs. I'd be willing to bet. And Kevin, I think you agree with me that the third place team in this division may get one of those, you know, remixed wild card spots, but they see each other for what is probably a very important weekend series remember with these teams is like you know we've played about what 13 14 games kev a quarter of the season has passed okay so this is very interesting in the al central cleveland and chicago and the books see this one pretty much as a toss-up the indians a slight favorite at minus 112 the white Sox come back at minus 102 with dylan cease on the mound yeah this is a big series though isn't it right like the white Sox have to start because they've not done great for themselves thus far against the, the Indians or the Twins. Um, you look at, you know, Savali Cease, is, is there a massive edge there either way? I'm not sure. I wonder if it's a decent spot to play a total. The, the Indians' offense really woke up yesterday. 13 nothing beating the Reds. They had a 10-run, I think it was a seventh inning, but they had a 10-run inning in that game. White Sox with a very weird split with the Brewers when the two in Milwaukee lose the two in Chicago. And I'm sure they'll be kicking themselves for that Mm. result. I don't have a strong lean here on the side, but I think I could see some runs in this game. Eight and a half, that's not bad. All right. You know, it's also happening in the NL Central. Kev, where the Chicago Cubs, you mentioned that they got a loss yesterday, right? But they were mm-hmm. streaking, and they are well ahead. They stand at 10-3. and three. And, you know, it's a tough spot for the Cardinals, Kev, right? Because they're in pause. They were in pause. They get back at it, right? At least as long as all the testing goes right. They are scheduled to get back at it today against these Cubs. And now here's the thing. You've been, you know, you're 2-3 and three on the season, Kev. If you're the St. Louis Cardinals, right, you've been on pause. And now all of a sudden, weekend set against the Cubs, who are 10 and three, you're four games back right now. And it's all weird because of the standings and the disparity in games played. But if you go out this weekend and lose two out of three, you start to fall really far behind. It's a tough spot, in my opinion, for the Cardinals coming back with the breakout that they had with COVID, you know, resting pretty much all week and now having what's in essence high stakes division matchups against a rival that's in first place. Absolutely. And they're going up against John Lester, who has looked yeah. good so far on the season. It's an incredibly tough spot. To be fair, though, we've not seen the layoff maybe be as detrimental as we would expect. Marlins can't stop winning. Phillies did well for themselves against the Yankees with a two and two split. So I would be cautious about blindly backing the Cubs, thinking that the Cardinals, ah, rusty, they're they're due to lose. 
100%. I'm not sure that's the case here. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, one note on this game. Many people thought it would be Jack Flaherty getting the start, you know, after all that break. But no, instead, it is Ponce de Leon getting the start. Even after 13 days, Flaherty will not be on the hill. We've got more games to look at right here as we go into the weekend. And we'll do so when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Kev, we were in the NL Central, where I just, you know, and this is the impact. You know, we were talking over the break about these COVID protocols and how it's going to look. And, like, I am now of the position, and I think you are too, Kev, that, you know, these seasons are going to happen. Okay, these leagues, the networks, the sponsors, they're all going to grin and bear it. And there's going to be some blowback. There's going to be some collateral damage, for lack of a better term. But maybe it does come down to personal responsibility. And if everybody sees the warning signs and realize, oh, we got to take this seriously, follow the protocols, right? Maybe these teams can continue with their seasons. But Kev, the St. Louis Cardinals wind up because of their pause, you know, at two and three. We've got teams, this Marlins are at six and one. It's very odd. And those division races are going to just be odd. I want to ask you about one more game in the Central where we have mixed match kind of standings. We've got the Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. They're kind of caught in between with the Cardinals right there. They've got a weekend series. Kristen Yelich had an inside-the-park home run uh, last <laughs> night. You know, what do you think happens here with these Reds and Milwaukee? We've got uh, alliteration and rhyme scheme on the hill. We've got Lauer for the Brewers and Bauer for the Reds, does Bauer strikeout prop appeal to you? How do you see this one? It's pretty much a toss-up. Reds, small favorites, minus 112. But that's the thing for me. This is, we talk about suspicious lines all the time. Okay, so as the day goes mm -hmm. on, we'll do more research here, and maybe there's something obvious that I'm missing. But my only minus 112 for Trevor Bauer? That's it? I mean, that feels, that feels yeah. manageable. Maybe the books are over this Reds team, okay? Having now, maybe. you know, again, be on a three-game losing streak. Maybe they're yeah. happy with the, what the Brewers team just did, coming off two straight wins against the White Sox. But I don't know, man. Right now, minus one twelve for Bauer over Lauer. That, yeah, I like that. Say that again, Kev. Of of who over who? Bauer over Lauer, and I think Joe yeah. Mauer's playing this game. <clears throat> Bang! That's what I'm talking about. Dr. Seuss, be damned. When we come back in hour number two, we keep on looking at the weekend slate. And also, we've got our guy Jay the Sports Keg in. We've got USC winners as well in hour number two. Come on back for all that right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 